Welcome to What Is It All For, a podcast designed to help you grow your online business and pursue a spacious, satisfying life at the same time. We're your hosts, Jason and Caroline Zook, and we run Wandering Aimfully, an unboring business coaching program. Every week, we bring you advice and conversations to return you to your most intentional self and to help you examine every aspect of your life and business by asking, what is it all for? Thanks for listening, and now let's get into the show. And I'm here too. (laughs) And hello, welcome to the podcast. Yep. Do you have any updates you want to give? Because I feel like I'm always the person who does like little preamble updates here. Prambles. Oh, gosh. Do you have any prambles? prambles? I don't have any prambles. Okay. I have nothing going on in my life. Last episode, I it was a little bit of a letdown, I think, for everybody. Not the episode itself. The report. The Ted Lasso the lack co- of report. shortbread biscuit slash cookie the report. The Ted lack of a report. I, well, first of all, they're gone. The whole tray is gone. That's the report. That's the first part of the report. Uh, What's your verdict? Let's start before mine. Delicious, buttery flavor. I'll be honest, I had not seen the episode of Ted Lasso. Which is the second episode. That's correct. I had only seen the first one. Yeah. In which the biscuits are introduced. Yeah. I was very confused because I thought of like biscuit as in a cookie as in great british baking biscuit or like the tin you know the the tin that had all the different like shapes yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. shortbread cookies yeah and so when i thought biscuit i thought like snap right and like you know thin no 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 no. this is like the shape of a A brownie brownie. yeah but the consistency of a shortbread cookie yeah but without the snap right because shortbread cookies typically have like a little bit of like crunch but because it's the shape of a brownie it's so thick it's really cannot snap no flavor of a brownie but all the other traits of a brownie, you know? Except for a little, not as doughy. It's like... Not as doughy. It's really weird. It's, it's like a, a... It's an in-between. It's in-between. a shortbread yeah. cookie and a brownie had a baby. It's and a then, boy. And then, you know, my 95-year-old grandma, Betty, yeah. young Betty, she said, oh, you mean like a blondie, like a blonde brownie? And I was like, yeah, but no, but still because not, that's still a brownie. Yeah. This is a shortbread it's cookie. It's its own animal. That... It, okay. If you stacked three shortbread cookies on top of each other... Okay. And they made it a little softer... Microwaved it a little bit? But it's not hot. But it's not hot. <laughs> Just you, you get it. Move the molecules around a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. The, but the result was a delicious treat. I could only have a little bit of it because gluten. Because gluten. I'm gonna make a tray of gluten free. And we're gonna w- see how that goes with cup for cup uh, gluten free flour. I don't think it's gonna turn out the same, but we will find out. There's well, only it never one way to turns find out. out the same. Also, I love just going in there and just trying some stuff and just being like, well, we got a tray full of garbage. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so they were delicious. If you guys want to try them yourselves, my cinnamon rollers out there, just search Ted Lasso shortbread recipe. You'll find it. I think it's like the number one result on Google for it. It's just great. Just follow the recipe. Side to note, tea. Ted Lasso. So what, a, so what a show. What a show. What are you, like eight months I, late on it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm yeah, late. Yeah. But yeah. I, I would... I would think a lot of people have not seen it. My brother yeah. hadn't even heard of it. Oh, really? Hadn't even heard well, of it. Well, a lot of people don't, I think, have Apple TV Right. M- There's like memberships a bajillion... Or whatever. Yeah. Like streaming services, yeah, and yeah, so everybody like picks and chooses. So if you're not highly on Apple recommend, TV, you don't it know. is very wholesome. You don't have to like sports. It's just a great Jason Sudeikis is fantastic. It's just and a it's happy all show. based on a funny commercial. Like that's what's great that's to me. So funny. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that's the the preamble to catch people up on those things. Um, I thought it would be fun before we start this journey. Everyone already knows we're talking about tea tree pretty much this episode. We're going to kind of wander through, as you will, uh, just kind of the story. Do you remember Do the you drive remember? that we were on when we came up with the name for Tea Tree? Um, I remember it differently. Okay, go ahead. I remember us not on a drive. I remember us at a table at Bento Sushi in Jacksonville uh-huh. where we used to have all of our great business meetings right. at Bento. And we were brainstorming ideas. And we were like, teach, Tea Tree. Also, we've said this before, but I have to say it. Yeah. We were named Tea Tree before Teachable. Was yeah, named yeah. Teachable. I have to say, <laughs> I it. love it. They were named it. Fedora. It chaps and your, we were chaps named Tea Tree, yeah. and then they changed their name to Teachable. And I'm not saying they copied us. I'm just saying, like, it has to be said. And if you work for Teachable, listen to my voice. It has to be said. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is where memory is just such a unique thing because the way that I remember it yeah. is we were driving on Pontevedra Beach Boulevard. Okay, as it's we sort of coming to back to me. Maybe we, that's where we but solidified it. That's actually not where we solidified it. I think that's where the, the brainstorming, yes. Oh. So it, we were driving and we were, we were like, okay, I've got this create your online course. That's what it was literally just called because yeah. it, it wasn't even meant to be a SaaS application. It was just meant to be a thing that I was going to use to create my own courses, right. but then other people wanted to use it. So I was like, well, we got to name this a thing. Right. It's and create your thing. online course is a horrible name for a business. Yeah. Um, 
even though it's very literal, which I love. <laughs> and we're driving, and I'm and we you were like, okay, something with teach, you know, like uh, you, you know, guys what know is I it? love a name brainstorm. Yeah, so yeah. I like yeah. You know, my secret to brainstorming any name is just like throw throw a bunch of words yeah. out that are related. Yeah. See what those words are related to. Yeah. Think about what you're trying to evoke and then just yeah. like, stir it in a pot and spit out whatever comes out. So I know for a fact, because this is one of the rare times I said tea tree. I can right. fully the the memory gods can attest. I'm getting all kinds of uh little Pens. signs that say yes. Yes. Uh I said tea tree. But in that moment, we weren't sold on it. We were like, ah, okay, yeah. that's fine. We're like, what about like, you know, t- teaching or or uh yeah. entre entre teach or I don't know, there's a bunch of really bad ideas. So I think we finished that drive. We're like, let's let it marinate. And then we went to Bento. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we were eating over a delicious box of sushi or chicken teriyaki or whatever mm-hmm. we had because we were super basic. Uh, oh, tea tree is the one that stands out. The, the reason I remember I liked it is because, okay, this is so weird. I, I know nobody else has this association, but the I was like, well, what is this like ending teachery yeah and i was like it it sounds oh that was the time of shopify so we were like teachify because oh, yeah, i remember yeah, yeah. we were like playing yeah, yeah, that, yeah yeah we were doing that thing but i was like oh you know what i like about it it sounds like a like a factory mm-hmm. teachery like factory yeah and i was like it, a place where you build stuff or like an apothecary you know mm. what i mean like it just sounded tinctures tinctures right. is what i'm saying yeah yeah <laughs> it sounded like a place where you go to build yeah things and so i liked that combination and then also the early branding had this like gear with the apple thing and it was just this idea of like create create your online course you know like create the thing that you're going to teach so anyway that's a little bit of behind the scenes of how the name came to be and also uh at the time dot co domains were like all the thing like Mm -hmm. this is when GoDaddy was making a big push for dot co domains and the dot com wasn't available right and i remember contacting the people who owned the dot com and they wrote back like a one sentence email that was like we're not interested in selling it (laughs) they weren't using it they still are not using it still have not used it I bet Seven you can reach back out and see what they would I charge have. you. I have. They do not reply to emails. I've tried from multiple email addresses. Guys, why are you even going to squat on this? It's we so weird. sell it to it's the people who now have a business called Teacher. It's so weird. So we've had the .co. It's been totally fine. It has built a nice little passive, quote unquote, SaaS business for us that has now grown to a place where we're starting to actually pull money from it consistently. And we're really excited about the future of it. But I think with this episode, we wanted to talk about kind of what it's been like to build it, especially you've come on the past year uh, working on it a ton, what it looks like to actually just kind of run that business. Yeah. And then maybe just some lessons we've learned that people might be thinking about starting a SaaS business of their own. Yeah. Here's what I want in order to be valuable in this episode. I know that not everyone is going to start a SaaS business. Totally. And However, you shouldn't. Not everyone not for should. Everyone. Yeah. However, I do think that people, I do think that it maybe opens up your mind to be like, oh, I could do this though. Like the, Jason and Caroline are just two normal people. We're not developers. We're not developers. Yeah. Like they, you know, sometimes I feel like in the online business world, it's a lot of the info product business stuff, yeah. but building a utility or building a SaaS uh, software product is possible yeah. and it's a way to make money. And so we want to offer that as an insight into another stream of revenue. If that gets your wheels turning, yep. your teacher wheels turning. Hey-o. Um, and then also we want to share some things that we learned collaborating on this together for a year. We've learned some things through trial and error yeah. that help us in order to be able to... Um, and some things I've learned working with a development team, yep. an outsource team. I do want to touch on the utility versus info product thing, yep. which I think is really uh, just a helpful little note for totally. people. And then we also want to share how we think differently about running a SaaS business compared to like maybe people that do it full time or what we see out there, which is like very much the startup mentality, which is not our mentality at all. And so we hope that that'll be interesting and informative for you. So let's get into it. So utility versus info product. This is a really interesting distinction that I want to share that it kind of was like a, not an aha moment for me, but just like an important moment for me. An ah moment, not an aha moment. Right. Just ah. Just ah. The difference between wandering aimfully and tea tree are two businesses that we run. If you don't know what those are, how did you get here? Where, where, how how did you find this? How'd you find this? I'm just kidding. Welcome. Uh, Hello. (laughs) Um, The difference between those wandering aimfully cannot run without us. Right. We are the core. We are the reason why people pay for that. Thank you so much, by the way. We really appreciate it. We 
love you. We really appreciate it. Deeply. But if we were like, oh, we don't want to do Wandering Aimfully, it'll run by itself, not going to happen. That no, no, business no. would just, the recurring revenue would dip off and it would just not exist. Tea Tree, on the other hand, does not require us as people, Jason and Caroline Zook, to exist. It right. is a utility. It is a tool. It does a job. And because it does that job well for people, they don't need us in any part of that. Sure. Maybe now, it helps. Maybe it... It's a nice to, have, nice to have. And it is a reason that people either share Tea Tree or come back to Tea Tree is because the customer service is good. And that is something that we have heard for years. It is... Which is you, but even that you could... Yeah, you could just transition. train somebody to be a good customer right. service person. I mean, there's probably a little like icing on the cake part... Where people go, oh, you know what? I've been following Jason and Caroline for years. I like them. If I have to choose a online course platform, I'm gonna choose this one because it's theirs. There's probably a little bit of that. But oh, absolutely. It's very, and and it, I can tell not, you, it's not the bulk of it. As the person who answers every single support request that has come through Teacher for the existence of all of it, I can tell you that probably 10% of people who have signed up for Teacher have said. I chose Tea Tree because of the customer support from Jason. Sure. Like very specifically, they've heard someone say that or they've even reached out and I responded with a bunch of emojis and like I told you a story the other day that I was just going yeah, down a rabbit hole. Yeah, met a new and, friend. Yeah. yeah, and just like we were just exchanging GIFs back and forth and she says GIF, which is just amazing because team GIF. <laughs> uh, so yeah, anyway, I just wanted to share the utility versus info product because if maybe you're been in you've been in the info product world for a while you've had ideas for tools that you want to build you want to have someone build it just to have that mindset shift of oh I actually don't want to be so tied to a business. I want to have this business be able to run without me. Like the chance of us ever selling Wandering Inflate, not that we care about selling things, but just in like terms of business, it'd be impossible to sell Wandering Inflate. Totally. Selling Tea Tree, very possible. Absolutely. I mean, we could absolutely hire a customer service person, hire basically like a product manager to kind of manage the development team. We could step away completely and we could say someone could buy this. It pretty much runs itself with almost no effort and it grows on its own with no marketing enjoy. Yeah. Um, which is why I think it's great to have the diversity of those two things for us and why we're focusing on it. Absolutely. So that's kind of the backstory there. Okay. Do you want to talk about what we have learned in the past year of working on this together? Sure. What ha that experience has been like? Don't do it. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. To catch you up to speed, there is another episode. There was an episode we did that talked about the working on the last 5% of doing this big uh, user interface refresh that we did at the end of last year. And so if you want more in-depth on Tea Tree and all of that, um, listen to that episode. But I'll catch you up to speed. We decided basically this time last year that I would come on. Jason had been just primarily by himself running Tea Tree. And he, we had, doing a fantastic job. And he kind of said, do you want to come on and do like marketing? And then I came on and said, okay, I'm thinking about marketing, but if we're going to market this product, I really think the product needs to be updated because it just feels outdated to me. And it feels like we need a, a stronger foundation to move forward with. Can I go back one step? Absolutely. So the reason why I brought that up to you is because Wandering Aimfully makes about 80% of our income, maybe 90% of our income. And Tea Tree is just kind of this self-sustaining thing that makes a decent amount of money, but it just was storing cash. We weren't taking much money from it at all at that time, if any. And it was just existing, basically. And what I said was, hey, we have these plans to potentially move to Europe for a year. We're going to need a business that is a little bit more passive if we want to just really explore and not be working all the time. We need to kind of flip the script. So Tea Tree needs to make 90% of our income. Wandering Aimfully needs to make less so that if for some reason we can't show up for our wanting infant members every month, which, you know, that has all changed with the pandemic. So we're kind of just like, ah, oh, whatever. Um, we wanted Tea Tree to kind of be making more money. So that's why we had the conversation to bring you on. So just to let people know. Absolutely. And small aside, that's a great example of how we really view using business as a tool to create the life that you want. Right. So that's a perfect example of us saying, hey, we want to do this Europe trip again, pre-pandemic. We would love to travel for a year and we need to mold our businesses in a way that would give us the flexibility to do that travel. So let's use the agency that we have in order to kind of pull the levers on our businesses and figure out, you know, a way to shift things in a way that would be conducive to that reality. Everything has changed because of the pandemic, but that's just a reminder that you have the ability to do that. And that's one of the reasons why we love running a business. Yeah. Um, so I come on, I'm like, okay, so we both agreed. This is, it's not like some bright idea that I had to redo the UI. You knew that that was going to oh, be a thing. for years, yeah. And so we just said, okay, here's, now's the time. And, um, and I think for you, you also said, 
I want to be excited to work on this. Exactly. And right now when I log into Tea Tree, like it doesn't get me jazzed up. And I wholeheartedly agreed. Yeah. It was just I didn't have the resources for myself to be managing everything we were doing with Wandering Aimfully, everything I was already doing with Tea Tree, which admittedly is not a ton, but it's enough to yeah. take up my time. I couldn't add on finding a designer, going through all that process and managing all that outsourced. And so it just made more sense to say, hey, you're very talented. I believe that you could redesign the application. Do you want to take that on and figure that out? I was just about to say, I don't even remember the conversation of us deciding, do we hire a designer or do we just try to get me to do it? Oh, yeah. I think I think part of it was you always love to learn a new skill or to love. learn a new application. Yeah. And so when we started having these conversations, I think you kind of looked into Figma or you had heard about it or you were, you, you know, whatever. And then it kind of the spark went off of like, ooh, okay, I could learn Figma, which would be fun. I think it was the opposite, actually. Ooh. I think when you said, can you dive into this like SaaS world and help me market the business, that was when I kind of got more immersed, started following more people on Twitter, started kind of seeing mm. what people were talking about. And I kept seeing product managers, designers sharing, you know, screenshots or videos of Figma. And I was like, what is this program? So I think it was the opposite. I think gotcha. it was, I knew like I was in that world and then I saw this is a tool that a lot of people are using. And then I thought, huh, I could learn this tool. And then I got into design systems and then the ball was kind of rolling and maybe I just was like, okay, I'll do it. Yeah. Um, again, we don't need to rehash all of that. Memory history. gods? Uh, they're throwing out question marks. They don't know for sure. So we just keep going. I just told you. Yes. Memory, Memory gods? Oh, Carol emojis. Got it. Thank you. All right. There we go. Like, I just love how I like told that entire story and you were like, well, yeah, you said well, no, I we think. don't really remember. You said remember. I think. So I just was, you know, I was looking at the memory gods. Okay. Yeah. So that's the story a little bit of what right. got the ball, ball rolling. Now, deciding that you are going to redesign an entire app when you haven't worked on this business with your husband during a pandemic, <laughs> saying that is one thing. Yeah. Um, doing it is another. Yeah. And so what did we learn, Jason, over the course of the year of doing this together? Let's talk about it. A couple things that we learned. Yeah. I mean, I think it was not easy. No, I've been working on Tea Tree for years. I went through a UI redesign with a designer that I found on Dribble like four or five years ago. And I remembered that even in that process, and Tea Tree has grown in a bunch of features since then, that there's more than you think that oh, you're going to yeah. have to design. So even when you sit down and you write out like every single page, what you fail to realize is, well, there's also interactions on that page. There's also prompt bars that happen. There's also errors that happen. There's, you know, there's a lot of different things. So it's like the project is always bigger than you think. Yeah. So that was the first thing. But, but, um, that's a good tactical tip is like, I think one of the first things we did was sit down and write down yep. all the different like areas of the app. Right. Yep. So it's like, okay, payment pages and course pages and style editor. And so we just wrote all that down so that you can have sort of a scope of some type of way to tackle this. Yeah. And I am surprised I didn't get completely overwhelmed and just say, I'm not going to do this. Well, I think, I think it was overwhelming. I think if we're being yeah. honest, like we went through everything and you had this idea, especially if you use an application and you're like, okay, we have the courses page, we have a course editor, we have the payment pages, landing pages. I mean, it's not that much. <laughs> and you get into it, you're like, okay, it's, it's so a much. lot. That's not even to mention actually... Before I even got into designing screens in the app, I had to redesign the branding. Right. Because we had a completely different color scheme, yep. um, brand identity colors, brand identity fonts. Like I had to come up with all of that. And then coming up with a color scheme for an app is very different than like, you know, an online business that I'm used to where you have a color palette of, you know, five yeah. colors is like, that's a very expanded color palette. Yeah. This is like, I have 10 shades of <laughs> five colors. Yeah. I have a color and palette of 50 colors. Let's give a shout out to refactoring UI. Uh -huh. um, Adam Wathen's uh, ebook basically, uh, which was just really helpful. I think teaching you like the foundation of UI. So helpful. And I, I learned so much. don't remember how much it is. Under a hundred bucks? Un somewhere in there? Yeah. It's about a hundred bucks, I yeah. think, but it's worth every penny. I learned so much. And then that kind of got me into the UI world where, I mean, now there's so many resources, right? Yeah. There's Skillshare. There's um, free courses online. I took a, a course by, I, is this right? Design plus code. Okay. On YouTube? the videos might be on YouTube, but like their website, I think oh, okay. has all these courses. I took their Figma course, which is, is I re recommend to anyone who what wants to learn again? Figma design plus code. Just okay. Google that. 
And then also they had, um, I believe they had a design system. So maybe it was creating a design system in Figma or something. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's what I learned, a design system. So design system just basically means like parts that you design, form fields. Here's what form fields will look like. Here's what buttons look like, all that stuff. And so I learned all of that, you know, most, using mostly free resources. But I had to figure all of that out before I could even start designing the screens. Yeah, so there was a lot of kind of upfront things of figuring all that stuff out, right? So it's arming yourself with all the information and the skill sets that you need mm -hmm. and, and learning on the fly. I think and that's- And investing time. Yeah, and I think that's just a big thing for us that we are completely okay with that paralyzes a lot of people, which is I wanna do X, I don't know how to do X, and I'm gonna research myself for months instead of just going, I'll just research and learn as I go. Right. That's my favorite thing to do is learn something using a practical application. Yeah. So it's like learn Figma because you're trying to create this brand identity. So, you know, apply everything that you're learning using this, this project that you're trying to create. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one of the things that we definitely learned in that process was there is no perfect way to do this. Yeah. Even if someone says, I run an online course software. We did a full rebrand and UI. Here's exactly how we did it. Follow my steps. That probably wouldn't work for us yeah. because we just have different circumstances. We have different ways of being productive. We use different applications and things. So it's just, you have to figure out your own process yeah. and you can learn the different systems. You can learn the different um, techniques and skills like refactoring UI taught us. And I think that's really helpful. And I will say the other part of this, except for Figma, which I had a loose understanding of, and like I watched a couple of simple videos, but like I watched and read everything in refactoring UI because I wanted to be as much on the same page with that mm -hmm. as you, even though I wasn't going to be doing the work. Right. And I don't think we ever even had a conversation of like, oh, that button should have a 60 button radius as opposed to a 50. Like we never did that, but I just wanted to have the same knowledge. And it's kind of the same thing that I've always done with working with our developers I don't know Rails. Yeah. I don't know what we're built on, but I understand the basics Enough. of how it works. So that when they say like, hey, I pushed code to GitHub and like blah, 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 I can be like, okay, I know what that is. Yeah, I think it's a, a big part of it is like shared vocabulary. Yeah. So you can at least speak a little bit of the same language. Like even when, you know, I make a design decision and you're like, oh, should the button be on the right-hand side there or the left? And I can even be like, no, in refactoring UI, I learned like this is actually a great, you know, because the distance for the cursor has to travel less, right. it actually makes sense for a call to action to be on the right. You know, these reasons. And yeah. you're like, oh, I get it. Like, yeah. I know you're not talking out of your butt kind of thing. Um, so we're still on the what else did we learn? Yeah. So I think, um, yeah, we're just kind of bouncing around here. But I definitely think... Breaking stuff down. Um, oh, I remember what I wanted to say now. What you were saying about like not being perfect. There was this huge part because I was learning as I went and I was literally learning from scratch. I really had to fight past a lot of imposter syndrome doing this, yeah. right? And I and I would get very in my head about like, oh, I have to know like the right way to name my layers and I need to know <laughs> the, the right way to set up uh, color styles in my Figma thing. So it because like, like the professionals do and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, that can really derail you. And so I would learn some of that to an extent. And then the rest of it, I had to just let go. Yeah. And I had to be like, I'm figuring this out. The only way that I get better is if I don't just quit and I will quit if I try to do this perfectly. Yeah. So my goal was just to keep pushing forward, keep making progress and not let that imposter syndrome get in my head. Um, if you're someone who's DIYing some part of your business, I think we can all relate to that where you're like, Oh, I don't know if this is how the real people do it. It's like, right. you're a real person. Yeah. You're doing it. You know, I was just going to ask you, do you think you're a good designer? Like, would you yes. say, Oh, okay, good. There you go. That's progress. I think after, uh, <laughs> roughly 10 years, I can say without wincing, ah, I'm a, I'm a good designer. <laughs> but that to me, I hope that's a, like a moment where people listening to this who know us and have seen your work consistently would be like, uh, duh, you're a good designer, right? Like yeah. that's the way I think about it. Right. And even when I brought this project up, you know, someone might be saying like, well, how did you know Caroline would be able to, to do this? And it's like, well, I've watched you design tons of things and I've watched you do, you know, just your principles of understanding design as someone who like, I went to school for design, but I consider you a better designer than I am. And you didn't go to school for it. 
you just have a natural eye for it. You have an understanding of colors and uh, pairing of fonts and creating logos and you know all these other different things that I just am not naturally good at and you're naturally good at them. Mm. And so that's why for me, when we were doing this, I was like, I could find a UI designer, but I kind of already have one. You just had to learn the specifics right. of the buttons going on the certain sides, the you know all the refactoring UI yeah, stuff and like still the so other much things. That I don't know. And totally. like But I I am proud of what we were able to accomplish without you know, and we we saved a, a bunch of money. I mean, we invested time. Yeah. And opportunity cost of me working on other stuff, but but we also invested in you being able to learn how to like create features. So now this totally. year we're just basically focusing on improving the product. So we created right. this new foundation where everything looks better. We smoothed out a lot of the rough edges. We made the experience so much better for people. So now when we introduce new features, we have a pretty good process for how that's gonna look. We have a whole suite of like, this is what buttons, this is what modals are, this is what these things are. Now it's just applying those things to whatever this new thing is. Yeah, speaking of process, that was another one of my things that we learned is just you need a process yeah. and you need to stick to the process and it's going to evolve over time. But, um, you know, having a way and a series of steps that you can go through that make everything smoother is like so key. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and that sort of is paired with another tip, which is just like constant communication. Yep. Hello. Sorry, that was our neighbor. Yep. Um, but I think that is for any team that you're working with or working with a, a partner or whatever, is just you have to be in constant communication because so much can get lost in the cracks. Um, if you don't, you know, at one point we were meeting every day. To oh, say for like, sure. Multiple times a day. Yeah. yeah. Once, especially once we got the development team on board, it was this weird cycle where like I was designing, you know, pieces of the interface and then they were implementing like two weeks prior pieces of the interface and then we would have to meet again to go over yep. their implementation and then you have different levels of developers working on things so yeah. like one front-end developer like would knock it out of the park pixel perfect yeah. and then another one was like a junior front so i'd developer. have to be like yeah. are we are we yeah. gonna or is this gonna be an hour meeting yeah insert, is this junior developer name? or yeah, is exactly. this master developer exactly yeah. um so that was an interesting part of the process so maybe you could also talk about that a little bit of what it was like what are our roles in our process yeah and what is it like since your role is working with the production team what is that like yeah so i'm basically project manager on tea tree and kind of like person manager if you will you're more process manager especially for the build of things i guess i'm kind of process manager when it comes to development but um yeah so i i have always worked with at least one developer on tea tree um just for those of you keeping track at home who care so we had the first person who helped me build the wordpress plugin of the site we had jorlando who was my co-founder and the only developer for many years who was awesome uh then we had mac uh who was great that i actually oh before zach Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't so, sorry, that. I missed two steps there. Yeah. So, Zach came on. Um, and if you guys listen to the Invisible Office Hours podcast, those of you who caught that when I did that with Paul Jarvis, we found Zach through that podcast to help us build a different app. Mm -hmm. Then, Zach came on part time uh, to fill some of Jolando's time when he was going full time with his other job to do some feature work. So, then Jolando was phasing out. Zach had stopped working on it. So, I was left with no developers. Jolando uh, introduced me to a firm this is the first time i ever worked with a company they were great but they were super expensive for mm -hmm. tea tree like literally every dollar we were making every month i had to pay to them because their rates were so high mm -hmm. but it was the only company i could feel comfortable with that like as soon as they started working on it they hit the ground running yeah and so the developer that was working on it one of the two developers was actually one who went freelance and then started working on tea tree yeah so it was mac um and then from there, found uh, through another recommendation, the company we use now, which is Effectus Software, which I've talked about before and in another episode, um, they've been really good. So they're your kind of classic outsourced development company. They're in Uruguay. Uh, they speak very good English, way better English than we speak Spanish or Portuguese. I think they speak Spanish in Uruguay. Don't know for sure. Um, but so we have a project manager there. We then have a developer there, a lead developer who started out as a junior developer. So like he even had a learning curve. Um, but yeah, I, that's my full-time job. It's just like managing all these different people because I'm not a developer. So I just have to figure out, okay, how do I present a feature to them? How do I write it out? How do I break it down? How do I get them to do it? How do I then check that work? And then, you know, et cetera. And so that really got ramped up when we did this whole kind of relaunch and rebrand and everything because 
we couldn't just have our one or two developers that we normally use with them. We had to have a front end team mm -hmm. and then we had to have a project manager of that team. So I was really last year, including you, not to say I was managing you, but like yeah. in all the people I was managing, it was like eight people at one right. time up from one, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was one person before that. Uh, and, and so, yeah, it just, it really came down to, okay, how do I work with this development team? What does that look like? Great. We set up uh, cards and it's basically Trello. It's called did Jira. They, I'm curious. Did they sort of lead that charge of saying, here's how we like to work? Um, or did you, or how did that work? When we first started working together, I told them, what is the most efficient way that you guys work with customers? Because they were like, we can work however you want. To work. Right. And I said, nope, I don't nope. want that. Yep. I want the most efficient way that See, you work. See, that's a great tip. Yeah. I will learn because I am not tied to any process or productivity app or whatever. Um, and I think that's that's something if you're outsourcing, you definitely want to lean in how other people work. Um, and even so we've hired another developer recently and he gets paid through Upwork. And I've, we've been working together with for like six months. I'm like, hey man, do you want to move to something? He's like, nope, I like Upwork. And I'm like, great, that's your thing. We don't have to mess with it. You know, works well. So anyway, yeah, we, we use their process. They use an app called Jira, which is a super expensive version of Trello, basically. <laughs> um, and they they do a really good job of setting up cards for tasks. And then we just have those that move through different phases of the app. And so we actually had two separate, if you just know Trello, it's easier to just say Trello boards. So we had the active development, and then we had the new environment that was kind of our new design. And so we had two different teams bouncing so back crazy. before there. And then it's also important to note we have our own internal system <laughs> because anyone listening to this is like, no, not no, going to do a yeah. SAS, no <laughs> so chance. True. But we have our own internal system just for us to work back and forth, which ended up being Notion. Yeah. So if you've listened to this podcast, you know we're big, no big on Notion. Yeah. Um, and so that helped our process tremendously. But yeah, it, it there's a bit of a puzzle piece thing going on of how does what we do in Notion right. get communicated to the team in Jira in the yep. environment that they want. But, you know, I have found that things that might feel redundant or things that might feel cumbersome, they force you to refine your thinking. They force you to communicate yeah, things. absolutely. Which in turn just make the work product smoother. Yep. So I think there's something that like, yes, we want to work in Notion so that I can work as fast as possible and keep track of things. Like it would not be efficient for me to try to work in Jira to do my designing. Right. Because I'm not comfortable with it. I have my own little system. But Jason is then kind of the... In bridge between. Yep. between my process in notion and their the production team's um process in jira and we're kind of starting a new thing because what yep. we what we were doing for the entire ui refresh was jason would basically you know the team would look at my figma designs yep. they would create cards based on so that. that's where they had their their product lead who was like he's just a very experienced rails developer and has worked it for years he was good enough, and this is when you, you pick a good company that, that can do this. He basically said, I don't need you to write out all the stories, essentially. Right. I can go into the Figma design, and I can figure out what you're doing. Which and if I have great. questions, I'll ask. And, I mean, he broke down. I think we had 12 total sprints with, like, 30 little story cards, which are just tasks, essentially, in each. Yeah. So just that, that's 360 I was also, tasks. like, Siri, like, super self-conscious of, because, <laughs> again, remember, I'm working in Figma. Like, I'm new to it. I've never worked with the development team yeah. in Figma. And I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to get in my Figma. He's going to be like, <laughs> she set up the design system so weird. What is she doing? Yeah. Like, I was, like, really self-conscious. But as soon as we started working with them and I saw that they could pick up what I yeah. was doing... I realized like, oh, I think I probably like over-delivered like oh, I do a they, lot of times. They gave you a lot of credit. We said that multiple times. They were like, this is one of the most well-organized Figma that's files. that's the story of my entire fucking life <laughs> is me being like, oh my God, is it good enough? And people yeah. being like, this is the best thing we've ever seen in our entire life. And I'm like, oh, is it? Yeah. Is it? Hey, just for the record, can you just say you're a good designer again? <laughs> I, wish, I wish you wouldn't make me. I wish you your face. Me. Uh, oh, I just wanted to do a little caveat there for those of you who just felt like your hair got lit on fire when I was talking about all the products or processes and all these other things. We're seven years in going in right. on the eighth year of Tea Tree. In the beginning, if you're starting out, if you're maybe going down this road of any kind, it was a base camp project back yep. when it was just original base camp. And I would just scribble a wireframe and give it to my co-founder. And I would just say like, can we do this? Yeah. And he would comment back and say, 
I think so. And then we would try. Yeah. So that's how far it's come. Totally. And you're not going to start out at the uh, working with an outsourced development team where you have this whole slick, you know, setup and like notion and all that. Like that's too much. You don't want, you want to start with the most simple version possible and just let it evolve from there naturally. Unless you're working with a company that says, hey, here's our process. Just learn our process and get on board with it. Yeah, and just like don't be afraid to learn on the job. Like that is what it is about. Don't be afraid of looking stupid. Don't be afraid of doing things the quote unquote wrong way. You will discover if it's the efficient way or the not efficient way. Um, But don't kind of like count yourself out before you ever start. Are you saying this for you or for the people listening? I was talking to myself. That's right. That's right. Also, are you a good designer? I'm a good designer. <laughs> Your face. <laughs> Your face told a different story. I'm a good designer. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, just to kind of wrap that up too, because I think it would be fun to kind of put a button on working together and, and finishing that redesign. So we essentially set all those sprints up. I said there were 12 sprints. We had a loose timeline on them. And then I just checked in with the the project manager of the whole project just saying like hey how does the team feel they were having meetings i think once or twice a week on how much work is left what's the time estimation how has that changed we were meeting every single day i'm like what do we have left what do we need to do what are we delivering what are they working on what do we have to go over and it was a lot i'm gonna be honest i mean we we worked on teachery with them for pretty much five or six months last year i mean we worked on it the entire year but they were actively working on it for five or six months which was about two months longer than they estimated. And they were actually really great. They gave us one month that we didn't have to pay for, which I thought was fantastic. Um, But it did go over budget, as these things always do. Mm -hmm. But we were also really willing to invest in this product and make sure that we didn't cut corners and Mm -hmm. just say, okay, we knew this was going to happen. We knew we were going to probably go over budget. We knew we were probably going to go over time. That is just going to happen. Let's make sure we're okay with that. Let's discuss that. Let's communicate about it. Let's look at the finances and make sure we have the money for it. If we need to move money around, we can. Um, And everything worked out nice and smoothly, knock on wood. Um, New teacher has been up for now two months. We have had no major errors, which has been fantastic. People love it. People have said really great things. And we are also, and I'm speaking for myself and you can speak for yourself, I'm so excited for the new foundation of Teachery. Oh, for sure. Every time I log in, I just am like, this is beautiful. This is, it's really nice to use. It's really friendly, little Iggy everywhere. Just having this little mascot that's adorable. It makes me want to log in as opposed to before I was like, oh, I have to log in and like use this tool. Yeah. And that's, if you're feeling that way about whatever it is that you're creating, that might be a moment in time where you go, I need to rebrand and to redesign and to whatever. Like I'm not excited about this thing. I've got to invest some effort and time into it. For sure. I I just want to do one point on the financial part of it because I don't feel like people ever talk about that. But um, we, because Teacher's been around for many years and we had a customer base already, basically all the money we invested in the development team came from the revenue from the business. Yeah, so Teachery, at the time that we started the rebrand process, had $30,000 in cash in the bank just sitting, Mm -hmm. and then made $8,000 a month or $9,000 a month in recurring revenue with expenses averaging if you know just normal dev costs around five to six thousand dollars so it's profitable two to three thousand dollars a month could be more profitable but you know just was like keeping things easy and loosey-goosey um and so that money every month that was profit basically just got turned back into paying for all the development fees exactly so we never took money out of our pockets or out of wandering aimfully's revenue to pay for teacher or yep. anything like that um and i think that made me feel really good yep. because it felt like all of the investment is coming from the profitability of the business itself. Yep. And that just is a is a fun place to be in because yeah. now, you know. And also the way that we got to that $30,000 in cash sitting in the bank is we just didn't pull money out of Tea Tree. Right. Because we knew that something like this was going to come up. And I learned that over the years with Tea Tree is if you want to invest in something, you need to have the cash to do it. So, you know, for us, Tea Tree, always a side business, never needed, you know, we never needed it for revenue. And I paid some bonuses, you know, every couple of years, but keeping that money in every month and we always keep a cash buffer every month on top of our expenses now, um, it helps build that back up. So, right. So that's what we'll do again this year. We'll continue to build absolutely. back up that buffer yep. until, you know, the next time that we need uh, some type of investment. Yep. Yeah. And we, we will at some point probably you know, have another big chunk of investment. It might not be for a year or two or three or whatever, yeah. but who knows if it's someone completely like refactoring the code to make it 
faster. Like, yeah. who knows? Yeah. Um, oh, one thing I did want to point out about working together that we learned is, like, looping the per- the other person in on the process before you get too deep. So, like, a perfect example is one of our biggest kind of miscommunications, I think, was when I started redesigning the different way to add um content on like the payment pages and the course pages i don't know if you remember with the little plus sign oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. and because we were going to go more of a like not necessarily squarespace but it's the easiest way to think about it like adding blocks insert a block kind of yeah you press plus and it would like bring up and i designed this whole like way of how it worked and then and i worked on a lot of screens and i like i applied this treatment to a lot of different uh you know areas of the app and you kind of were like I wish you would have looped me back in earlier because based on how I'm seeing the time play out with yep. our development team, like this, it's going to be too much time and yep. investment for them to do this. We just need to kind of reskin what we already have yep. functionality wise. And I remember being like, <laughs> okay. I hate your face is what I hate you your said. Face. Um, but you know, that's an important lesson learned. Same, same with you. We had to develop a different wireframing process because if you, thought of the way that you wanted a feature to work you would like you would go straight to like photoshop which yeah, is yeah, fun, yeah yeah because that's what you're you're used to designing things in and you would say like oh here's how it could live and i'm like i would have told you not to spend all the time designing this out because this isn't going to be the way that it works yeah so if you have an idea of how you want a feature to work come to me with sh- literally sharpie on paper wireframes first yeah so that we can talk through that before you spend all the time to like do it in photoshop or whatever yeah and and that if anybody has ever worked on a project for a long time, you build these habits, right? And so I had built these habits for working on features. And again, like I'm the one who runs Tea Tree. So I can create whatever processes I want and no one's going to tell me otherwise. Until your wife comes along. Until happy wife, happy life. Until (laughs) bringing you on, I had to understand, okay, this doesn't work for you and it doesn't work for the greater good of Tea Tree either. So I can't just cut corners and, you know, do my quick Photoshop wireframes and hope the developer figures it out. I need to write out, all of the different parts of how a feature works so that you can understand so that then we could tackle that together and talk about that. And and even an example now, as we work on new features, we've got a new process where I basically go through and do a brain dump of, okay, what is the feature? How does it work? What is, like, what does it actually do? And then what are the questions I can think of, of what's a user going to run into? What, you know, how does this affect other things? And then we come together and we talk about that and we go, yeah. okay, let's go over this. And we go over that. And then what I do is I take that story as we call it. And then I go into the app and I take screenshots of the actual pages that are involved in that feature. And then I have a little process where in Figma, I bring the screenshots over. I make little sticky notes where I'm like, oh, now that I see this in the screen, oh, how does this interact with such and such? Yeah. Is there a success message that happens when when the user does that? Like you could, it's just a different different things pop up when you see it in the environment. Have you tried using Photoshop for that? It would probably work. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I'm still on Photoshop 3.1. It's great. Oh it's real. God. It's nice watching and beveled. You, watching and... you design things in Photoshop is like hard for my body. <laughs> um, but you know, we have like a good little process, and now I don't know. It's just it's so fun to look back and see the progress and see like we're designing features and we're we're evolving the app and it feels really good and we have so many exciting things that we want to yeah like bigger features that we want to do so i'm excited for that um the last section of this i thought would be fun to talk about is also how we think about running a SaaS app differently than most SaaS apps because we've touched on it a little bit but it is kind of fun now that i feel like i've dipped a toe in this world you know, I see what some people on Twitter talk about. I see, like SaaS Twitter. Yeah, yeah. I see, I've listened to SaaS podcasts and like, this is nothing against people who do this full time, creating a SaaS app full time. But I do feel like it's very easy to get like sucked into an industry and sucked into the way that people do certain things. And yeah. like all these unwritten rules of like, you feel like you have to have an opinion on Twitter and you have to be yeah. in the conversation and, or even just things you have to have as a SaaS company, right? Like, Oh, you have to have a free trial and you got to have a squeeze and you got to have a, uh, an offer at the end of the email thing. And then you got to have a, a feedback pop up that pops up. And like, it's just like all yeah. these things that you hear all these different companies talk about. They all do the same things the same way. And yeah, some of them are definitely worth doing, Absolutely, but some of them are definitely not worth doing. If you just 
want to keep your sanity and want to run something your way. Yeah. And, and I think the thing that has always been on the like number one priority list for Teachery is this is a side business. Yeah. This is not a business we're trying to grow to six figs in revenue. This is not a business we're trying to grow to thousands of customers. Just full transparency, Teachery has 220 paying customers. Yeah. That is it. Now, we have about 800 other customers just through our Wandering Gameplay members and some lifetime customers that have been around for a long time. But we're okay with that. That is yep. intentional. That is a choice. That is not a, oh, Teachery isn't as good as Teachable and Podia and all these other things. It's absolutely as good. It is intentional not to do all the marketing. It yep. is intentional not to pay for Facebook ads. It is intentional not to do a weekly webinar where you can get you know a free three months of Teachery. It is intentional not to have to answer to investors. Yeah. Not to have to constantly be putting up growth or spending money just for the sake of it. Like, yeah. just, that's not us. Um, and that's okay, but it's a reminder, even if you're not somebody who's going to create a SaaS app that you get to decide what success looks like for you. Yeah. You, you know, we're told in all these different areas of our lives and businesses, what success looks like, but that's a lie. Like you get to define it for yourself. And so for us, it's running a business that we are really proud of. It's product led growth. Like as long as we're seeing, you know, new customers come through the door, which yep. we are without doing any marketing, yep. that's incredible. Yeah. And and our goal with Teachery, I mean, we we have some financial goals. And I think, like we said, we kind of want to replace the Wandering Aimfully revenue with Teachery revenue. So practically what that looks like is probably getting to the $30,000 a month mm-hmm. in recurring revenue. And that could take a year, two, three years. Like we, we don't have like, it has to be done by this time, yeah. which I think we a have lot goals, of, yeah. but we will adjust. And we're, we're not, a, we're not going to try to turn the marketing knob to 11 in the next three months to try and get there. That's not at all. Cause that's going to sacrifice our mental health. It's going to be too much time. It's going to be investment of money. It's just, we're not interested in it, but we do know that eventually it would be great to have this tool that doesn't require us as Jason and Caroline Zook to be there. Yes, it requires some people to be there to work on certain things to get to that point so that we can have this business run itself. And and truthfully for us, kind of long-term goal, this business to me is our retirement fund. Mm-hmm. Tea Tree is our retirement because eventually it will grow to make enough money, even if it just follows the trajectory that it's been on for the past seven years. In another... 15 years, if the internet stays the way that it is and we're all making things online, Teachery will grow very slowly to that point and eventually be able to be sold for an amount of money that we could retire on just by doing what we've been doing, just by keeping up with it and improving it and doing those things. And and that to me is how I've really shifted my thinking on Teachery is Teachery doesn't have to make me all the money now. Teachery just has to be a really helpful app that's fun, it's different, it's well run, it's very nimble, it's very simple. And it doesn't have all the bells and whistles and all the things that all these other apps have because they have to, to grow their numbers. And if we can sell it in 15 years for that retirement amount of money, then that is a tremendous win. And if it can also grow in revenue to be our full-time revenue and run itself pretty much, again, another amazing win for this this application. And, And I think I just really removed myself from so much of that SaaS world. And I never was really into it anyway, but you hear these things and you feel like, Oh, am I not doing enough? Am I not, you know, and it's, you have these thoughts and now I'm just like, I don't want to do any of those things. I want to do weird stuff. I want to do fun stuff that sets us apart. And just, I want to focus our attention on our customers that we already have. Yeah. I feel like so often the focus is on new customers, new features, new, this new, that outside stuff. And it's like, yeah, but I just love talking to our customers now and hearing how much they like, you know, Iggy and Tea Tree. And yeah. I see the crazy ways that they're using Tea Tree in ways that we didn't even yeah. anticipate, which is my favorite thing. Yeah, for sure. And I think that there, there are so many things we want to do with Tea Tree and there's so many fun things that we hope to do that make Tea Tree more valuable as a course platform for people. And to me, and well, to us, that's not just having slicker upsell features on payment pages, that's really helping someone get their course completed and created and in the hands of people faster than it would take on any other platform. Mm -hmm. And so like, how can we solve that problem? How can we get a course up and running for someone and like prompt them to create all their lessons and do all these things without feeling like they're starting from absolute nothing, Mm -hmm. which is all course platforms, including ours right now. And so we want to solve that problem and make that better as well. So yeah, we we have a lot of fun ideas. Uh, I I don't think 
at least for right now, I don't think we're ever going to get into the game of like standard, you know, teacher verse teachable breakdown articles. Like we don't care about that stuff. I don't know that we're going to have written articles. I mean, I think we're just really leaning into how can we just be so different? How can we be unique? How can we lean into a little bit of our personalities to do some of the marketing, but also make sure that that's not the only thing that brings in people, yeah, which I, it's not because word of mouth is still bringing new people in. I think it'll be fun to see where it is in a year from now, yeah. now that we're not focusing on this big project this year, but really trying to get features out the door. So Yeah. And and really, I mean, Teachery went years without having just email marketing, which is the thing like we believe in most when it comes to online business. And so now I do one email a month and that's enough. And we just do an update of like, here are the features, here are the bugs we squashed. Here's like a funny aside or whatever. And people like those emails and they're, they're a good way to stay in tune with our audience and what they want. And we typically ask questions like, you know, what are you looking for? What features are, are missing? Um, and we just try and listen to what people want. And then we also make decisions because we still make courses of what we want yeah, in there. Totally. And I think that's a really important part of running a SaaS app and running it well is if you don't use it, then you don't know what people want. Yeah. And if you're just jumping on a trend of creating a SaaS app because it's really popular, it's going to be really hard for you to know, well, what makes this better than something else? Mm -hmm. But we create courses so we know, like one of the things we want to do this year, which I don't know if we'll get done this year, but we can say it, is we want a new course template. Mm -hmm. So we want a more modern course template that just feels a little bit different than the two that we have. Because we know that we could do a better job of helping people create a course template. Mm -hmm. So what does that look like? And we, you know, we haven't even talked about it yet. We just know that there's an opportunity for that because we've made courses, I mean, like 30 or 40 now on Teachery. There's an opportunity to just make it better and to mm -hmm. make it, you know, you know, more helpful, I think, for people and their students. So I think that's a good amount of Teachery stuff. That's Teachery. That is just a there's even so much more there but like yeah 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 if you're wondering what we're doing all day over <laughs> here like just running two and a half yeah. businesses you know oh i i think last thing i'd like to touch on here before we wrap up is how much you love me <clears throat> how good of a designer you are i'm a good designer um on a day-to-day -day basis how much time we actually spend on tea tree so I think mm. now we're actually in a really good pace to say this is realistic for how much time it takes to run Tea Tree. And by run, I mean also invest in it in new features and things. Yeah. Right now I'm spending one to two hours. Per day. Per day. Yeah. So a total of 10 hours at most per week. Right. Yeah. You spend more. Actually, I would say I probably spend the same. The same. Yeah. yeah one I, to two. Every day I wake up and I do Tea Tree customer support first. And then pretty much throughout the day as I'm working on other things, I have Slack open and that's how I get my notifications that there's a new support request. And so I'm checking in on things, but then I'm, you know, testing stuff with the developer and, you know, like right now I'm still updating our help docs. I've got like two left because I just spaced them out forever. Um, but for me, yeah, I think it's about the same thing. It's about 10 hours a week at most. Yeah. And some weeks, I mean, I've had some weeks where like when we went on, uh, you know, a trip before uh, maybe two hours total in a week. Like yeah. it's just check the things, any errors, nope, reply to messages, right. takes 15 minutes a day and I'm done. Right. Um, and, and I think that's a really beautiful place to get to. And I, I feel really fortunate that we've built Tea Tree to be a 20 hour per week business between the two of us. And again, our developers also, they spend time and Yeah, and, all and that. it was way more when it when we were trying to build the interface because it was like yeah. a big project. It's a full-time job then. It feels so good to be at a place now where it's like, the foundation is built and now it's just about these new features and I can very clearly say, you know, we sit down at the beginning of the, well, actually what we did is we sat down at the beginning of the quarter and we yeah. said, what are the features out of our big feature list of things that we want to do? Would we like to have accomplished at the end of this quarter? Yep. And then we broke that down by month and we ordered them and it ended up being five features that we're trying to get done by the end of Q1. Yep. And so we're basically two out of five. Yep. Um, which feels good to be, yeah. you know, all things feels considered like on track. Yeah. I mean, there's been a lot that's gone on in the beginning of this year already too. So yeah. still be able to be working on that. Uh, cool. Well, I, I think one of the things we didn't even touch on at all is like what teachery can do, which is like you make a course, but you can also run a membership community. Yep. You can sell digital products and just use a course as like a hub for downloading it and learning about it. Um, we do such a bad job of promoting our own stuff. Yeah. If you want to use Tea Tree and you don't currently use Tea Tree, we'd be happy to give you an extended free trial. Uh, I don't know. 
30 days, two months, whatever you want. Just tell me how long you want to use Tea Tree yeah. for free. Again, let us know. Yeah. Uh, but if you do sign up for Tea Tree, you found it through this podcast episode, you decided to try it out, um, just send a message through the support chat and just say like, hey, I listened to podcast episode 76 of what is it all for would love to have an extended trial and we'll give you some extra time to to test tea tree out and see if it kick works for the you tires kick the old tea tree tires uh but yeah we're just excited about it. we hope you guys enjoyed this episode feel free to give us some feedback hello at wandering um if you like hearing about tea tree we don't talk about it a ton on this podcast but it is basically the other business that we run yeah uh and it is a very different business it's a whole kind of different animal to to take care of but we like it we also just like to remind you guys that like as much as we talk about wandering aimfully we talk about business um you know this is part of where our experience and knowledge comes from is we actually have a business we have a we have another business and so it's like you know we kind of we try to offer a different perspective than some business coaches that are have only made money by teaching people how to make money. Right. And we try to differentiate ourselves by by you know saying that we have made money in a variety of different ways that yeah. do not include only teaching people how to make money. So yeah. we like to remind you that that is a whole thing that we do on the side as well. Yeah. Uh, check out teachery.co if you want to uh, start a free trial or just poke around and see what Iggy's up to. Um, and we uh, enjoyed sharing this episode with you. Hopefully, Are you learned a couple things. Oh, our movies. Should we? Yeah, let's go real quick. Real movies. Quick. For Not everybody cheap. who's like, what about the movies? Yeah. Uh, okay, so. Okay. Last we checked with you before our uh, love episode, because that one was really long, so we didn't do movie check-ins. So the weekend before we that. didn't? No. Uh, Terminator 1 was on the docket. So you you said, got to watch Terminator 2. So this past weekend, we watched T2, and we also watched. Contact. Contact with Jodie Foster, Matthew McConaughey. And other people. Um, <laughs> Contact was our first movie. Yeah. Little did we know. We knew Contact was long. We did not look at the runtime of T2. T2 was also two and a half hours. Yeah, it was so a marathon. we had marathon. Five, five hours of movie yeah, watching. We didn't, we didn't really strategize on the timing yeah. of those two. But boy, were we in for t- a treat. It was a, it was a long night of movies, but it was a good night of movies. Contact. Okay. Okay. Uh, I listened to the I Hate It But I Love It episode on Contact a couple months ago. Yeah. Uh, learned a bunch of stuff in there. Most importantly, Matthew McConaughey's character is kind of just like a jerk, you know, like you just, you don't really root for him at all in the movie, yeah. you know, and, but he's the love interest and I know, but that's the power of McConaughey is that it is on paper. The, the character is like, not <laughs> paper. You're thin. like, paper he thin. screws her out of this thing. Yeah. And like, he's like, not whatever. But then you're like, but the way he looks at her, you know? <laughs> uh, Jodie Foster, can't believe she wasn't nominated for an Oscar. Not, Such a great the performance. The whole movie wasn't nominated for an Oscar. We were, that is a good movie. It's a not a good movie. It's a great movie. It's a movie. great movie. I think we both gave it nine out of 10. No, eight. You I gave, gave it eight, eight and a half. Okay. I there gave were, it a nine. There were some, um, honestly, I think the what knocks it down like a peg for me is some of the writing was not my favorite. Like, it felt a little cheesy, a little too obvious. Got it. Certain things were, like, a little too obvious for me. Got it. A little too on the nose, if yeah, you yeah, will. Yeah, yeah, um, But some, there were, like, a couple of director, some cinematographer shots in oh, there. Oh, yeah, especially like, in the beginning. The running up the yeah. stairs? But then, like... They abandoned Then they abandoned, then it. They abandoned the, like, art, well, artsy yeah. shots. But anyway. Robert Zemeckis was like... Uh, this movie is uh, 16 so hours hard. long. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, we stated, I I wish that they would almost like, not do a reboot, but yeah. that movie could have been a 12-episode series. Yeah, for sure. We were like, this is literally eight movies. So like yeah. this whole part of like her at the um, the station in Puerto Rico, like listening for it. That's like a whole thing. Yeah. And meeting Matthew McConaughey. Then there's like a whole thing about the 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 government getting involved and like the whole fear-based thing of building the machine and the whole theme of are these you know sentient beings benign or are they hostile and like our fear reflex of always thinking that like things that are new that we don't understand are like out to get us that's a whole freaking episode then the whole thing of like deciding on who's gonna go in the machine building the machine yeah it's just it's, it's a lot so many movies in it's one. a lot yeah and it was great i mean i just would definitely recommend if you watched it before and you're like i think i remember that watch it again it is also the, just the themes of like you know god versus science yeah and why those are like often pit against each other yeah. and this idea of faith and belief very interesting very yeah interesting. and there's a lot of like human behavior stuff around when they like 
are building the machines of, you know, people celebrating it, not celebrating it, you know, just like all the different like. Oh, God. Yeah. The scene where she is driving through the crowds yeah. of people who have gathered yeah. at yeah. the site. Yeah. And it's really like. I'm like, oh, my that's, God. That that's is kind of. That is where we are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So Contact, definitely recommend. Give it a watch. Uh, Just really good thought-provoking movie. Long movie. Long movie, for sure. Strap in. Strap in. T2. And then strap in again for T2. T2, which we thought was T1, but it's actually T2. We were very uh, pleasantly surprised by the amount of lines that Arnold Schwarzenegger (laughs) had in T2. Just as a reminder, if you didn't listen two episodes ago, we talked about T1. He had 14 lines in the first movie, and you really just don't get a lot of Arnold in it. Also, T1 was made for $6 million. Which is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we looked up the budget of T2. We did because we were so tired at the end. We're like, let's look up the budget. Yeah, we normally do budget, box office, and then we do trivia at the end. And we just just said goodnight. Yeah. Um, But wow, I, it was so interesting for me rewatching T2 because I just remembered snippets of the movie as a kid. I probably watched that movie when I was a little too young, I think, probably. But um it was crazy like well yeah it came out in 91 okay so yeah you uh, were i was three three, so i must have watched it on video like four or five oh my god that's way too young that's way too young um but i remember let's just assume that i watched it on replay when i was like maybe six six. (laughs) also too young um but i remember like when t2 when the when the t2 you know his arms like turn into like these like needles or like i'm sorry swords i'm sorry Please correct yourself. What? It, what? The T-1000. That's him? That's the bad guy. T- T-2 is not a thing. Oh, well, then He's they the should model. The movie is T-2. Okay. There's a, there's a what's, model. What's, what's I forget Arnold's what the model, model name is. I forget what the model name is. Well, maybe it's T-2. It's not. But T-1000 is the liquid, is the liquid metal liquid. new Terminator. We need to know Blades what... for arms. Yeah. He can yeah. turn into objects. Okay, whatever. Anything T-1000. he touches, he can change into... Couple things that stood out to me as snippets from when I watched this movie when I was three and a half. <laughs> uh, the, just the needle through the eye is yeah, like really yeah. spoiler, spoiler alert there's a needle um, through an eye oh also for some reason like really the way he runs the way he runs yeah, yeah. was really scary that actor who played that it's just so he good he like somehow didn't move his head yeah so he just moves his body and his head stays exactly intensely the yeah. same position and that really freaked me out and I will tell you it also freaked me out as an adult I'm like wow <laughs> but there was a lot of about the movie that I didn't remember and it's not as scary when you watch it as an Can adult Can you do me person. a favor and look up the budget for T2? Because I just would like to do the comparison. Yeah. Uh, the practical effects in T2, fantastic. I mean, just like the car chases, the explosions, uh, oh. just all of it just really, really, really well done. I mean, I don't think there was maybe a, a couple little things here and there, but there was not a scene where we we're like, whoa, that was hokey. No, there was for sure. No, no, but not as much as like the no, first one. No, not as much as yeah. the first one. But um, the molten metal thing, I don't know if there's anyone out here who's around my same age of like 32, <laughs> but Three this, and a half. this reference will make sense if you watched this movie and also The Secret Life of Alex Mack. But like, I'm pretty sure whoever discovered that technology to be able to do the molten like metal thing, it's like the exact same visual effect as The Secret You're Life. You're talking about the liquid metal, like the chrome looking yeah, liquid metal. Yeah, where he okay. turns yeah. into metal. When I think molten metal, I think like the hot, like orange like molten that oh, like at the end liquid metal liquid metal yeah the sure, sure, chrome sure. yeah chrome liquid metal yeah it's like literally the same effect as the secret life of alex mack which you don't know but it was yeah. a nickelodeon show where she i was in college okay <laughs> it's okay this is where we just we we I move along college, we move just along. for everybody listening. but she turns into liquid the same metal liquid, liquid metal. Chrome just metal. take molten out <laughs> <laughs> the center is molten, molten okay means melted okay but just liquid (laughs) liquid it's redundant you know liquid molten drippy metal exactly okay so the molten metal that she turns into (laughs) but i'm like every time he would do it i remembered it being so scary but then i would watch it now and i all i could think is like oh there's alex when was the secret life of alex mack like the 90s mid 90s though okay we'll look that up next okay okay the budget for t2 I'm guessing 60 million, 10 oh, times. Wait a second. This can't be right. Okay. This cannot be right. 102 million? Oh, I'm not surprised at all. Babe, the first one was 6 million. But that's the thing. It did so well. Also, they were seven years apart. Guys, that has to be one of the greatest jumps in budget oh, yeah. from a first to a second movie ever. Oh, for ever. sure. For sure. Uh, but how much did it make box office? 500 million? Worldwide gross, 520 million. You are what a very, good guess. You are so I'm good, good at, at this game. These, yeah. 
Okay. But yeah, I mean, look, look at that franchise. Like that's just an unbelievable like franchise. And I mean, it was worth every penny for the investment because T2 was that much better. Um, so also just to bring up Linda Hamilton, such a great job. There's a little bit of like, I don't what? know, not fantastic acting in some parts, but in other parts, you're just like, you are perfect for this role. Like she you really just, was. just did such a great job. She also, really was. she was so and, like sinewy and muscly. Like and just the transformation between her character in the first movie and the second movie. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. She really committed to that. For sure. The first movie, she's like, happy go lucky yeah. late 80s yeah. woman and then the second movie she's like oh i just learned that the entire fate of humanity rests on my shoulders yeah. and my child's shoulders yeah. and i am in spoiler alert for those of you who've spoiler never seen <laughs> sorry i ruined it for you yeah. 24 years later okay secret world secret world of alex mack not life okay what an wow, idiot. wow 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 1994 to 1998 what did i say so you're it's the same visual effect, but also here's the problem: Secret World of Alex Mack. Yeah, they had five to seven years to get better than what T two did in ninety one. So give T two a little credit. They okay, did liquid molten drippy uh, <laughs> metal perfectly fine in ninety one. Guys, I just googled this, and the first result that came back is Alex Mack is a T one thousand Terminator. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so if you want to look that up on YouTube, yeah, um, I'm pretty sure someone sliced spliced that together. Uh, so yeah, uh, highly recommend T two. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's a sure. classic. It's a great movie. It's an action movie. It's an action movie. Uh, there do is not gun watch violence. it with your three and a half to... Wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. Wouldn't watch it with a kid under 10, honestly. Yeah. It's, I mean, a, it's... Maybe 18. We're not Don't watch sure. it if you're not 30. This has been parenting advice from... Oh, we always have some good parenting advice. Uh, so yeah, Contact, T2, great movies. I don't even know what's on the schedule for this weekend, we but it's always it. a fun adventure for us watching these classic movies. So... That wraps up this episode. Uh, we talked about Tea Tree. We talked about movies. There's nothing left. And Ted Lasso's cookies. There's nothing left to talk about. That's, That's it. That's it. That is it. That's all we have. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We appreciate you. I just realized this episode brought to you by the letter T. Ted Lasso, Terminator, wow. Tea Tree. Okay, that's it. Okay, bye.